Hello, everyone. Here is my disclaimer. Any information discussed in this interview may not represent the station or host. Please discuss any information with your primary care physician. This is Betsy Wurzel, your host of Chatting with Betsy on Passionate World Talk Radio, where our mantra is to educate, enlighten, and entertain. Folks, I have two public service announcements before I introduce my phenomenal guest. It is going to be September. September is World Alzheimer's Awareness Month. And I want to urge you to educate yourself about the number six killer, which is Alzheimer's. And if you have any trouble with your memory, please seek your primary care physician out and please tell your physician. And it is important to address the problems. Uh, there is no cure, there's no treatment, it is not an old person's disease, and it is not a normal part of aging. My second public service announcement is September, a Suicide Prevention Awareness Month. Please seek uh, help. There are resources out there in the um, United States. The national hotline is 988. We all get in that dark hole sometimes. You are not alone, and there is help out there. So I want to introduce to you my fabulous guest today, who is so talented. Her name is Mary Crescenzo. She is a multi-hyphenate artist, very talented. She's a master teaching artist. She is a playwright, a director, an actor, podcaster, a singer, author of The Planet Alzheimer's Guide, Eight Ways the Arts Can Transform the Life of Your Loved One and Your Own. And she also wrote a play, Planet A. I just love that. Because, as you folks know who have lived with someone with Alzheimer's, our loved ones are on another planet, and we have to enter their world. So, without further ado, I want to welcome Mary Crescenzo to Chatting with Betsy. Welcome, Mary. Hi, Hi Betsy. How are you? I'm doing good. Hopefully, <laughs> we won't get cut off this time. <laughs> uh, and... Uh, I just want to welcome you. Uh, you are so talented, and I love that you're using your talents to help people. Um, I love your your energy and your passion. And Thank you. I would like to, uh, you're welcome. I'd like to ask you, I ask all the authors, what motivated you to write your book? Well, um, over the past two years, I told myself, uh, this is the time. This is to t- the time to share what I know and what I developed in starting in 1994 of working with persons with Alzheimer's and other dementias using art as arts engagement, not just art activity, but literally engaging with a person to connect and communicate in alternative ways through various forms of art, whether it's music, dance, painting, storytelling, poetry, photography. And so um, I really, all over these years, I've worked with hundreds of people. I have taught workshops in this and, and been a public speaker on, at one level, but I felt that I wanted to share in a book my eight steps that a caregiver or family member, or even a friend of a person with Alzheimer's or dementia could sit down and have a different kind of relationship, a new relationship, a creative relationship, an interaction with that person 
I've talked to so many people who say, oh, I wish I had this book way back when I didn't know what to do. I'd just come in and we'd sit and kind of look at each other and and I just didn't know how to be in the moment with this person. And art is one of the best ways to be in the moment with a person and communicate and connect through sharing art and doing art. And anyone can do this. That's another thing. I wanted to make an important statement in the book that anyone can find and use these ways to make that very enriching, joyful connection in, with people of various stages of Alzheimer's. So I sat down and I put it together. And actually, this month, September, will be uh, one year that the book, it's the 28th actually, that the book has come out. And so that's why I wrote it. And, and I'm here, if anybody has questions, through my website to ask me about it or to want to find out more. And if I can share with one person how they can find this connection and enrich their lives and the life of their loved one, I've done my job. I, I love that with the arts because I think you could do really just about anything depending on the person's ability. You could finger paint. They can hold a brush. They could uh, paint. Uh, they could draw. Um, you know, uh, what are some of the, the ways, Mary, can you uh, give us sure. some uh, examples? Absolutely. Um, I like in terms of painting and drawing uh, to use watercolor because it's easy to clean and there's a way, you wouldn't want to use like acrylics or anything like that, but it's an easy dipping process in the water, and I kind of uh, guide them not to paint on their paper, but to, have, to show them and model what I do, and then kind of put the pen in there, the ink rather than the, um, I mean the brush, in their hand and let, and let them make the movements. Uh, drawing is something that some people can do, uh, some people want to do this fine drawing. They want to look at a corner of a room and draw it, and it's amazing what happens. Other people would rather uh, just, without verbal even expressing this, just use their imagination. You know, I actually don't, I don't really use finger painting because I find that um, some persons uh, – living with Alzheimer's or dementia, may want to like, think it's food and put it in their mouth. Oh, and it is. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so for, right. me, yeah, for me, that doesn't quite work. Also, um, I like to use like a, a square plate uh, with, to put the paints on if they're not using a palette because if it's a round plate, they might associate it with food. The, the, the can where they rinse out the water, make it a can, not a cup or glass because I've had people want to drink the water. So um, that's, that's one, one thing. And in the back of my book, there are a bunch of do's and don'ts to help a person to say, well, should I do this? Should I do this? Um, also singing. I mean, we all have music in our hearts, and especially the era that the person um, lived in when music was in the height of their, their life. Most, everyone loves music and listens, so try to use those songs and sing along with them or listen to them. Um, also make music, you know, clapping hands and uh, just making music with, with the body. Uh, these are all things that 
get people's eyes lighting up and it doesn't matter if they're talking about it or what they're saying to us is not something that seems clear the fact that they're engaging you will get smiles out of people who just sit there and you're not sure what what's happening inside of them so that's another one um, I love taking poems from a person's era and reading it to them Sometimes they'll come back with the line, because if you remember years ago, we had to memorize poems. In school, I don't think they do that much now, but that's just the fact that you're reading to them and they're listening, Um, telling stories. You can take photographs, either personal photographs or just from an art book or famous pictures, and just ask the person, like, what is that woman, what is that person doing there? Or... Um, I wouldn't say, do you know who this is? That is not where I want to go with this. It's in that moment and having them react, and they might start telling me something. It might be the case, or it may not be. That doesn't matter. We can talk about it, talk about the color, talk about what they're doing. They could give me a story that has nothing to do with that picture, but for me, that's okay, because we're interacting back and forth. Um, Oh, there's so many other things and ways that we can do these things. Also bring in family members, bring in children, intergenerational experience. Kids love this. They're not going to ask questions. They're not, they're not going to judge. They're just going to get into the art. And it's always a fun thing to do. So there are so many things that we can do. And then what I like to do is sometimes get the staff involved have them kind of participate or watch what's happening, they really will begin to understand staff or even like a home care person or even the person themselves, a caregiver, to understand, wow, this is possible. See what happens is what I always say. If you say, oh, my relative never painted before, never sang before, well, this is not before, this is now. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens and open yourself to it. And I love to display the artwork or recordings, um, like share with the family, like you recorded someone singing or in their room put up their artwork. This is validation. And not, if it's just if it's not validation of a person they knew before, it's a validation of the person who is now, and it also validates the creative spirit in all of us. You know, some of us are born perhaps with various heightened talents in sports or art, but everyone has the creative spirit in them. And to allow that to blossom is not just rewarding for the person, and we can't decide whether they know it's rewarding or not. Let them engage We don't know what's exactly going on in the mind, but it's rewarding for the caregiver because suddenly we, as you just said so beautifully, we enter that planet and we come to them where they are. Yes. um, I know that my husband, Matt, he wouldn't be one for sitting there doing like an art project Mm -hmm. and you have to go with your, your person, but music, oh my goodness. He loves music. There you go. I was found it so incredible. Like 
I just have to say this, folks. Alzheimer's baffles not just me, but the doctors, okay? Mm-hmm. My neurologist said that it really is a baffling disease. Matt could, uh, at a one point, he would whistle. He'd whistle mm-hmm. a whole song, but yet he didn't know how to use his cell phone. Um, it, it's just incredible. And I, I, I'd love to share this story. Music is so helpful. Don't underestimate the power of music. The last time I took Matt to the dentist, I said to the hygienist, Matt might give you a little bit of a problem, but, you know, if you might get restless, put Johnny Cash on because they have music in the, um, in the rooms. And she did. She put Johnny Cash on, and he was really good. He did wow. very well. Um, until near the end, he got a little antsy, but she said, you were right. I put that Johnny Cash on and, uh, you know, that's what I did to get Matt a shower, to calm him <gasps> down, to get him to eat. I played his favorite music. Mm-hmm. Um, and folks play your loved one's favorite music, not yours. <laughs> play <laughs> your, I have to make that clear. Play your loved one's favorite music. Like I don't think, uh, like my dad, my dad loves music. And he was in a nursing facility, and my mom brought his um, uh, record player and the big band music. He was oh, into jazz, yes. and wow. he um, he loved that. Now I wouldn't bring him the music that I like because he didn't like that. But the big mm-hmm. band music, I mean, it just um, it was music. Just I think just lifts up your spirit. I know myself. I love to listen to music. The music was such a big um, help to me during caregiving, just Mm -hmm. to sit and listen to John Denver, pretend I was in the mountains or wherever he was singing about. It takes us to another place. It really takes us to another place. And the music and the brain, there's a big connection. Music uses a lot of parts of our brain. Um, And so as it, as it clicks on these different places, it just takes us to an emotional place. And, and persons with Alzheimer's and dementia, their emotions are strong. And so it's a wonderful way to plug in. And I know people, you know, you might be listening saying, you know, I hear this, but I don't know how to do art, and I know they're not going to want to do that. But I, I, I suspect when people say that, and not just suspect, I've seen it in, in the, as examples. When I've worked with people of all types, well, older adults, young people, people with special needs, children, if they say that, oh, I can't sing, I can't do this, I always ask this question. I say, has there ever been anyone in your life, a parent, a peer, a teacher, anyone who's ever told you you can't and fill in the blank. You can't sing, you can't draw, you'll never be able to uh, dance, or, or whatever. And you know what? Everyone I've ever asked that question to said, yes, yes. And I tell them that you have to erase that from your mind. That is wrong. Because, as I mentioned, we, we are, the fact that that we are creative is part of our humanity. And so I just say, let that go. I'm going to show you that you can. And I think that that's why a lot of people are hesitant. Um, But it's really, creativity is a natural thing. 
it's natural, it's in the moment, it's a common ground. That's what artists do. They just play. They don't worry while they're creating. And so that works perfectly with persons with Alzheimer's or dementia. So if you're out there and you're one of those people, realize that you can create and be creative, and so can the person you're caring for. I, I, I love that, Mary. And I think this book would be very, very beneficial and helpful to someone. It's a book that I wish that I had with Matt to know how to engage him more. Um, I don't, I know that people with um, any kind of dementia might uh, eat this, so you'd have to be really supervising them. Have you worked with pottery, uh, clay, Play-Doh, something like that, mm-hmm. uh, uh, while supervising them, of course? Right. You know, I've tried various things, um, and I know that persons with early-onset Alzheimer's can work well with clay. Um, or that type of material or pottery. I have tried it and with uh, persons with more advanced Alzheimer's. And again, it's something that they want to eat. Yeah, right. Yeah. Just, it just, and this is only my experience. Maybe someone else has had it because every, every person with Alzheimer's is different. That's why person-centered care through the arts and otherwise is so important. But in my experience, it's just something that they want to put in their mouth. So I Right. Yeah. Yeah, you have to go with where they're at. Like I, I know um, in the beginning of Matt's um, Alzheimer's, he wouldn't have put it in his mouth. He would have, right, right. you know, done something. Later on, yes, he would have put it in his mouth. So, so try definitely, it and see what happens, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah. Right. We have to go with the uh, flow of, of the person. And I, I really, if anyone's listening to this and you have a facility and a recreation activities director, you know, I would highly recommending, uh, recommend buying this book and even consulting with Mary Crescenzo to see how she can help you um, do art activities and give you suggestions. Um, do, do you do that, Mary, or am I, or am I giving you yes. a job to do? <laughs> no, I, I absolutely do this. Um, I, I absolutely do this, and I find that um, I, I remember when I had gone into a facility in New York, actually, along the Hudson River, when they hired me, I said, um, I would really like to work uh, – with the staff first and explain to them and give them an experiential feel for what what we do so the activities director etc were there and yes it's what was helpful for them when i did what i did and then also if i wasn't there maybe i was hired for a certain period of time then they could sustain what we did and and use those things and with the book in hand it's so much easier because I don't know if they remember or what, whatever they choose to, to, to take from it. But with the book in hand, yes, I absolutely can consult on that um, because the more that the activities director can use these things, not that they don't have a lot of things that they may choose but, um, to do, but I really think because this is so person-centered, um, it will really take a step up from, like I say, it's not just activity. 
it's experience engagement. Um, so, yeah, and you might say, like, well, what if I have 10 people in a room? And I have had 10 people around a table with, of course, aides there with them, support if there's emergency or something. And even though I might have 10 people at a table, I don't say, like, okay, today we're going to all paint a tree. No. <laughs> it's like I'm going to go around to every person and start them off and talk with them, and you'll see that everyone is doing something different. And that's okay. What I, you know, what I, in, in years ago, what I had seen is, you know, like, okay, we don't want to glue macaroni to a plate. I, that's not a creative activity. <laughs> they would definitely be that, right. Right. That's something you know, I did in making, preschool. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's another thing. I'm glad you said preschool because I do not treat persons with Alzheimer's or dementia like a child. I do not. This is disrespectful, and I don't find that that is helpful because they can sense that. They have, their senses are so high because their emotions yes. are high. They don't want crayons. I mean, somebody may have a different experience, but no, 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 no coloring books, no crayons in my experience. They rather use something that is not a reminder of a childhood in some way. So, again like you mentioned, the ceramics. Try it, but if you see it's not working, don't give up. Just choose another, another form of art. Even gardening, even walking through a garden is I was going to ask you about that. Experience. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask you about gardening, like uh, planting plants. Would that be considered an art? Well, there is the art of gardening, and I would consider it an artistic expression to plant, mm-hmm. to, wa- to have it grow, to trim it. This is all for me. If it's not quote-unquote art, although I think it is in some ways, it is a very creative, calming, in-the-moment activity. And in-the-moment yes. is the key. I mean, I've learned so much from the people I've worked with. They've taught me to be in that moment to not be judgmental, to listen to them and to go where they take me. And, you know, I realized they taught me something about life in general. And so I've learned so much, and, and so I'm always open to try something new with them and see what happens. That is, this just thrills my heart with joy, Mary, because this is a book, someone at home who's taking care of somebody at home can use and you know like I said you know go with your person and you know this this way you can engage and if you have young children at home they they love to help and um, to get involved and you know just um, try it we never know until we try really if it doesn't work one activity doesn't work you could try another activity but I can mm-hmm. almost guarantee music will always um, at work but I was oh, yeah. thinking about um, you know uh, planting uh, plants and you know you just have to really watch your person and mm-hmm. go with them and you're right I learned so much from being a caregiver patience unconditional love mm-hmm. and really I know it sounds cliche but it's so true folks living in the moment really you really learn 
to live in the moment and treasure it. Right, and that's really all we have, right? That's really right. all that all that we have. And even if you have a listener who is not working with someone or caring for someone with Alzheimer's or dementia, the, the items in this book can work with anyone. Anyone, any caregiver can share this with persons with special needs, with anyone they're caring for. Um, as you know, I developed this program. I, I found myself moving towards older adults. I just have this affinity for older adults. And I also worked um, with persons with special needs. And again, um, all these techniques and all these ideas in this book can work. And, and also just with yourself. You know, the other thing is I wanted to throw out creative writing. Um, early onset persons can write and can be creative. If a person can write, even if they're not in that early stage, if they can write, which sometimes is hard because it's a fine motor skill, they can just write and do whatever, whatever that comes out. I had a person that loved to write R's all in a row. Her name was Ruth, by the way. And she would just write R's and R's, and then suddenly it would turn into some kind of creative scribble. And I say scribble in the most respectful way. So that just, you know, just, just let it happen. Yeah. That's a, a great um, advice, uh, Mary. I want to talk about your play. Okay. Uh, Planet A. And I also want to tell folks, before I forget, Mary's going to give her website. Folks, you got to go, I'm telling you, on Mary Crescenzo's <laughs> website because it will blow you away in a good way. This woman, I'm telling you, is phenomenal. You have to see all that she does. Um, I went on the website because I always research my guests, and I was really so impressed, uh, Mary, with, with the work Thank that you, you have done, the work that you're doing. And Thank I you. really would like to hear, <laughs> you're welcome, about Planet A because that sounds so interesting. Okay. And where people Plan can see it. Um Okay. Planet A um, is a play about the inner world of Alzheimer's. It was inspired by all the people I've worked with. It was actually written before the book, um, and they for inform each other. Um, when I first started, I would uh, go into a facility, and I'd leave overwhelmed. I was crying on the way home. I was just overwhelmed, and I didn't know how to deal with um, my emotion. So I started to write. I started to write in the voice, what I thought in my imagination, and from some things they actually said to me in the voice of the persons that I worked with. And it developed into persona poems, which then developed into monologues, which then developed into Planet A. And there's one character that goes through, there's an arc, she enters a facility, but they all stand before you, and they speak from my imagination's heart of what they would like to tell us if they could in their own personality and then family members come in and they talk to us in the audience there's no fourth wall they're looking right at the audience and talk about things they may never think that they would ever say to that person but now they think they can say it to us because they want to express their frustration and whatever else is going on in them and then also workers come in. And so the play is really about the good, the bad, and the ugly of this disease. And so uh, recently in June, we did a, a fundraiser for the Alzheimer's Association. 
with the play in California, and um, I am now editing that, and um, because we did it live, but also people from all over the world who donated to the Alzheimer's Association could see the play. So I'm not sure yet exactly where it's going to be live again or how I'm going to share it with um, a lot of people who want to see it, but I'll keep you posted. How about that? Sure, sure, because it sounds like a a wonderful play. It sounds like something that I would love to see. Uh, I'm very, you know, curious to to just um, be able to to hear it, to see it. So I would love to see it. The other thing about it is I, I always have a Q&A at the end. I bring in a person from the Alzheimer's Association, and we have a Q&A at the end of the play. Because basically these people on stage are bearing witness to who they are, to their dignity, and the disease. And so people in the audience get very emotional. And so, I mean, you can see like grown men, tears coming down from their eyes. But it's still a positive. It has a positive message. And so I always bring someone in so a professional from the Alzheimer's Association and I can answer questions so people leave empowered and knowing about the disease and also knowing the myths. So I think when I do uh, record this in some way, I can leave that part on it. So that would be helpful too. That sounds I got I have goose pumps uh, goose pimples here, goosebumps. Um that sounds wonderful, Mary, I, and I really would uh, love to see it. I think people need to see a play like that. Um, there's been movies out, I won't mention them, that show someone with Alzheimer's. Sometimes it's not, in my own opinion, not um, the truth. Mm-hmm. It's not uh, and from someone who was a caregiver. Um, it, it doesn't display correctly, accurately. Yeah, and I Yes, yes, and I think to see a play where it's um, shown, showing the good, bad, and the ugly, because that's what it is, and that's, I mean, I posted Matt's journey because I wanted people to see the good, the bad, and the mm-hmm. ugly of this disease, so I think that's quite remarkable that you had mentioned that about your play, because people do need to see it, and I think people need to see, and I'm a Jersey girl, so I'm just going to say it, People need to see the brutality of this disease up close. Yes, absolutely. They need to, to really get a, get a grasp. And I think the way that we can do that, and this is why I showed my husband, is to make it personal, to put a name and a face to this disease. Absolutely. Um, you know, People think, oh, well, it won't happen to me. I'm healthy. Yes, it can happen to you. Mm-hmm. I can, it can happen to you. Um, and I think, I think by putting this out there, this type of thing out there, like you speaking of making it a personal thing, we also know that we are not alone as caregivers, um, as persons living with this. this is, we, we need to bring this in the light. It's like cancer and AIDS years ago. No one wanted to talk about it. It was shunned. It was misunderstood. It was scary. Alzheimer's is scary, and it is misunderstood to certain ways, in certain ways, but we need to shed, shed a light on it so we can take, like yes. I said, get a grasp. And in regard to the film, I do want to mention one, if I may, um, sure. That I think is one of the best films on this. It was called The Father. Yes. 
Oh, Anthony yeah. Hopkins, right? Oh, because yeah. finally hmm. we saw we saw it from the person's point of view, the person yes. with this disease. Wow, that film was like that's to me that's the, that's the film on this on this yeah. disease. So, I yeah, agree. if I can get this out, um, and I know that I will, I will inform you as to how you know how that can be, how people can share, and also I mentioned creative writing. Um, I want to say that caregivers in my book, chapter eight. If you're a caregiver, you need respite. You know that you need relaxation, and even revelation about what's happening in your heart and in your mind, because this is a difficult task, and we know that, and your job is a worthy one, but, but challenging. You can use creative writing to express yourself, just the way I did about those people that I, I wrote about when I was left the facility crying. You can write in a safe place. When I say a safe place, a journal. No one has to look at it, or you could share it. You can write about your feelings, the good, bad, and the ugly of your feelings, and get that out on paper. And trust me, you will feel, it will be a cathartic feel, and you have the right and the privilege to share with yourself, if no one else, what's going on in you, so you can process it. So yes, that's a good idea. That. <clears throat> yes, yeah. yes, I, I totally agree, uh, Mary. Josh and I, went to see that movie, The Father, and I thought that was uh, one of the best, best movies depicting somebody with Alzheimer's. And I could, Josh and I cried through the whole thing because we thought of yeah, that. Me too, me too. I mean, I cried through the whole thing thinking, is this how my husband felt? Is this what he uh, went through? And uh, Mary, you and I think so much alike because years ago, and I, I do have a video of it that comes up, I went in my car and I said, you know what, we need to come into the spotlight, shine a light on this disease, and say we're here, and take a lesson from our um, LGBTQ plus community, and say we're out, and we're mm-hmm. proud, and we are going to show ourselves. We're not hiding anymore. And let's right. put a light on this disease and make people aware Definitely. I said that a, a long um, time ago, and someone in my group said, Betsy, you're borrowing our slogan. I said, what are you talking about? She said, the LGBTQ plus community, you know. And I said, well, you know what? We, I, I said this right. I, I do. I have a video. We need to take a lesson. We need to have our own stonewall caregivers mm-hmm. and those who can speak up who have some kind of dementia and say, you know what? We want to be listened to. We want proper care. Absolutely. We want to be they... treated with dignity. Yes. Exactly. What do they say? I don't know the exact phrase or I can't remember who said it, but when you shine the sun on something, it's a disinfectant. So put a light on something to, to cleanse the, miscommun- the misunderstanding and the myths and let, and let us shine um, because persons with Alzheimer's, all of us, we have a right to dignity in our life. And to hide it just makes more confusion, more um, fear. And so, I, yeah, I totally agree with you on that. So, you know, also I have to say, I, I, I sometimes say we as caregivers, and 
I have never personally, with a personal family member, cared for someone with this disease. I had two relatives that lived out of far other states, so I was not involved. But, you know, I have to say that I'm going to get very emotional when I say this all the time, no matter what. Um, everyone I worked with, I felt like they were my family. And so I feel like, even though I was a professional, I am a professional teaching artist doing this, they're all, they're all, my, they're all my family, and they, I felt like this connection with them, that I am their caregiver through art. And so, um, yeah, I, 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 love every, I love all of the people that I, I've worked with. And um, now I get the opportunity to share what I know to other caregivers, to caregivers of people in their lives, to do the same thing I did, to create some joy in the midst of this, this really ter- horrific disease. Well, I thank you, Mary, for sharing. And uh, I could just hear, you know, the love and the passion that you have and immediately connected with you when we first talked, uh, you know, when we met. And I just knew that you are a wonderful resource and that people you. should um, buy your book. You're welcome. And, and you know, connect uh, with you. Look at your your website. You know, the, the ideas are changing, folks. People no longer want to be, um, you know, just sitting in a wheelchair and watching TV. Now, I worked in a nursing home when I was 16 and 17 a long time ago, and this is what was um, done back then. Mm-hmm. There wasn't any activity, especially on a weekend. I worked on weekends. I don't know what they did during the week. I don't think it was much. And I was appalled. I was appalled as a teenager that these um, older people were in just stuck in their chairs in a day room watching TV all day. And there wasn't – They. I don't even think they played music except the TV, exactly. uh, what the workers wanted. And – I'm like, there's got to be something else. There's got to be something more for these people to do. And I thought that back then. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I'm grateful for people like you, Mary, who are changing the ideas and changing the way uh, people are thinking about activities. You know, the, we got to get rid of that old school method of, oh, they can't do anything. So let's right. just, just, you know, put them in the wheelchair they're, you know, and sit them out in the hallway and watch TV. No, people with dementia can do things. They love entertainment. They want to be busy, especially if they worked with their hands. They yes. still like to work with their hands. Oh, yes. Uh, so true. So true. And um, when you said that in terms of just putting them aside, uh, I have to read to you, if I may, um, a quote sure. from my mentor who was Mel Lee, who is Mel Lee, and he said, don't miss out on the beauty of a spirit not gone. I think that Beautiful. says it all. You know? Yes. Yeah. Yes, it does. Is there anything you would else would you like to share, Mary? Um, well, first of all, I'm, I'm so grateful that uh, you have allowed me to be on your program and to speak directly to your audience. I hope that I have inspired them. I hope that um, uh, they will 
contact me through the website. There is a contact page there. And I hope that um, this helped to educate them to, to in a different way about how creativity is there for all of us and can, can help not just the person that they're caring for, but their own heart and their own soul. And so um, I'm not giving up. I'm going to keep out there sharing my message and, um, and just uh, acknowledging that um, persons with differences, Alzheimer's, dementia, and other differences, can live lives that can be accommodated, especially from my point of view, because this is what I know, is through the arts and creativity. So thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, you're welcome. And folks, you can buy Mary Crescenzo's book, The Planet Alzheimer's Guide, Eight Ways the Arts Can Transform the Life of Your Loved One and Your Own on Amazon.com. And Mary, please give your website that people can go on and learn about you and see all the wonderful work you, you do. Thank you. And have done. Okay, it's uh, www.marycrescenzo.com. You can, and it's M-A-R-Y-C-R-E-S, as in Sam, C-E-N-Z, as in zebra, O.com. You can Google me. You can uh, get to the website that way. Oh, also very quickly, um, what else? Oh, I wanted to just mention that um, I'm involved in an arts forum, which you can find out on the website about where um, there is a panel of persons who have early onset who come on and talk about their artwork. Um, and I have the privilege to being, uh, being one of the um, facilitators of that, and you can take a look at that. But most importantly, um, just contact me. I'd love to hear from you. And um, I so appreciate, Betsy, you sharing information about my book and sharing my website and allowing me to share what, what I know and what I do through the passion of art. Thanks. Well, well, you're very welcome. It's my pleasure to have you on. <clears throat> Folks, if you missed any of this show, you can hear it all over again. Wherever you hear your favorite shows or podcasts, I'm on iHeart, iTunes, Amazon, Music, just to name a few, Spotify. And I highly recommend to subscribe to Chatting with Betsy. It is free because you don't want to miss my phenomenal guest. And I do have phenomenal guests. If I have to toot my own horn, toot, toot. I have great guests, and I get excited uh, with every guest I learn. I learn from every guest. I was just thinking my show is going to be yeah, three years old next month, and how much I've learned um, and how much my guests have helped me uh, become more aware of different topics, and I do become educated. And I want to encourage um, the audience to, to check out Mary's website. It will be in the blog and where you can purchase her book on Amazon and to learn about Mary Crescenzo because she is a wonderful resource and doing wonderful, wonderful work, and she has done wonderful work, and I'm thankful for people like Mary Crescenzo who have a passion and a love to help those who have Alzheimer's and other dementias. Um, I, I really just just love people <laughs> like you, Mary, and Thank I want you. to, you're welcome, tell everyone to read the blog because information will be there. I want to thank Jeannie White 
a station manager at Pastor World Talk Radio who produces the show and writes the blog. And I want to thank Lillian Caldwell, CEO of Pastor World Talk Radio, who makes this all possible. And thank you, the audience, for listening. Please share this show to help others. And, oh, yeah, next month is my anniversary. So thank you for listening to Chatting with Betsy and subscribing. And really, when you share this show and when you subscribe, you're helping me carrying on. Um, and honor my husband, Matt. I always get for Clint when I say that. Uh, memory because it is because of Matt that I do what I do. And I will not apologize. <laughs> We're getting emotional. We're talking about Matt all the time because Matt is the reason why I went my car and how I got discovered by Jeannie White, who's station manager. And it was Matt was my catalyst. Um, for what I did and what I do now. And I just want to thank everybody um, for for listening and sharing because uh, keep sharing, keep listening. The show is about providing resources to help you that I wish that I knew when I was a caregiver. I, I wished I knew when I was younger as far as like self-esteem and, and uh, feeling good about myself. Um, this is why I have great guests, and I really appreciate being a host, and I'm grateful to uh, Jeannie White and uh, Lillian Caldwell for letting me be a host on Pastorable Talk Radio. So thank you, Jeannie, and thank you, Lillian. And as I always say, folks, when I end the show, in a world where you could be anything, please be kind and shine your light bright, because you know what? Sometimes it seems like a very dark world out there, and we need to be kind. We need to shine our light bright. And that's it for today. And um, thanks again. Until we chat again, this is Betsy Wurzel, your host of Chatting with Betsy on Passionate World Talk Radio. Bye-bye now.